0: Hey friends, it's podcast recommendation time. So we recently started listening to CEO School with Sanira Madhani, and we are blown away by how much she shares of her journey and the value she's providing. Did you know that she built a unicorn business as she built uh transaction processing software, like I know much, but called Stacks? Okay. It is a <laughs> unicorn business and she shares so much value as she's built a business that is worth over a billion dollars.
1: Yeah, I never knew that that was an actual term, unicorn business, but it means a business that's been built to the billions. We're talking B as in billions. And as a female CEO, right? Incredible. I mean, she's such an inspiration and CEO School is really committed to the same thing that we are, closing the gap and helping more women level up and they do it by sharing stories and strategies from powerful women in leadership. And she likes to say, Sanira likes to say, nothing bad happens when women make more money.
0: Oh, i got to put that as a post-it on my computer. Powerful, right? So we also loved listening in on her episode with Sofia Amoroso, our OG Girl Boss, as they discussed bootstrapping, the importance of learning to say no, and what you should have set before growing a team, fulfilling on your promise to your customers, plus how all of these components play a role in growing a million and billion dollar business.
1: CEO School, hosted by Sanira Manhani, is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. Listen to CEO School wherever you get your podcasts and share with us how much you loved it because we know that you love it just as much as we do. It gets lonely out there in the product business world. We fully believe
0: a business shouldn't be built alone. There's room at the top for all of us. So
1: let's get scrappy and creative together, Product Boss, to be profitable, make more sales, and grow your visibility. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Hey, friends. Jacqueline here. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You will not even be able to guess what we're going to talk about today.
0: Do you want to introduce yourself for all our new friends?
1: Oh, sure. I mean, I didn't, I'm sure. <laughs> hi, I'm Mina Kunlositep for all of our <laughs> new friends. <laughs> it's like, hi, I'm Jacqueline. And it's like, you throw it to me. It's like, um, You can't
0: read my eyes and body language, Mina, at
1: This this like I was like, oh, hi, everybody. You know, but there is lots of new friends. We get lots of new friends all the time. So everybody, I'm Mina Kunlositep, the other half of the product boss. And today we're going to be talking a bit about something that we always talk about, and that is, I have
0: never talked about before, which are
1: not not in this way. Yes. Um,
0: but so, so don't get hungry mm, and don't blame yeah. us for the cravings you're going to have. But we're going to be talking all about burgers, chicken and pancakes. And you might be yeah. thinking, what are you talking about, ladies? How does this apply to what I'm currently doing in my product based business?
1: Right. Uh, it's a different roundabout way, but I love it because we're going to share some stories with you to kind of prove our point. <laughs> okay. You so know? our point, what is our point? Our
0: point is that what we're going to teach you here is how you can become known for something, right? And yeah. talk about it as your bestseller, like discovering what your bestseller is. Your bestseller is ultimately what you, your, com- what your company, not you, but what your company is known for. So if we think about um Sarah Blakely when she created Spanx, she was known for the shorter version of Spanx, right? That like now they make all these other products, but what was the original Spanx that they were known for? If you think about Jamie Kern Lima of It Cosmetics, she first was known for her under-eye concealer, right? Yeah. Um so when we think about when we we all look at these bigger businesses and say, wow, they're so big and they have so many products. But I think a lot of times you don't all realize that they really honed in on a niche They kind of created a business Mm -hmm. around a bestseller and they became known for something, right? Because that's simple. Being simple scales easier. Not being simple, but simplicity scales. And a lot of times you all think if I make more stuff, I throw more spaghetti at the wall, something's going to stick. So we want to give you, we're going to be helping you with this. We're going to help you discover your bestseller and sort of kind of understand how you can figure this out and how you can scale. In the Product Bosses Guide to Your Best Year Yet free workshop series that's coming up, and the bestseller secrets challenge. So if you want to get signed up for all of that for free, all you have to do is head to the productboss.com/best. That's the productboss.com/best and sign up. But we're going to share some stories today to prove to you what's possible.
1: Right. And it's going to be around a few restaurants that we're going to talk about and this will be really fun because they're restaurants that are going to be around all of you, I'm assuming. You know, most of you that are listening and you'll start States. to yeah. And I think that a lot of times it's just exactly like Jacqueline hit the nail on the head that we look at these bigger businesses and we're like we need to do what they do, but they actually have really not. They didn't start by throwing spaghetti at the wall, and unless none of spaghetti these, shot. yeah, unless they are uh, actually we have a spaghetti company here. <laughs> You know. Well, there's um, an example. <laughs> yeah. But none of the examples today are about spaghetti. They are about really narrowing your focus an inch wide and a mile deep.
0: So I don't know if you can guess this, and I know you know, but I'm gonna ask the audience, um, our listener, is do you know what the biggest fast food restaurant chain is in America?
1: I would have guessed Subway or yeah. um I know the answer, but if I were to guess with, you know, not knowing the answer, I would have guessed Subway probably. And uh, I think I would have said McDonald's. McDonald's. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. So what if I told you that this company grosses more in annual revenue than Subway, McDonald's and Starbucks combined? Would that help anybody come up with the answer? No. Okay. (laughs) Chick-fil-A. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we're just talking about this as a business model. That's straightly why we're using this as like an example. Chick-fil-A makes more revenue per year than those three businesses combined. That is absolutely mind blowing, especially since even for me in Los Angeles, I remember there was like one Chick-fil-A there. I think they're, they're not everywhere here and they were in more places. Mm us in LA or in California and like the Western states, we have In-N-Out Burger, which actually has a very similar story to Chick-fil-A, but they have not expanded nationally the way that um, Chick-fil-A is. So the story of Chick-fil-A is that um, it it started, right? It started about 56 years ago, okay? By Truett Cathy. And he basically created this, this restaurant where he is credited for inventing a boneless chicken sandwich. Now, if you are if you go to a Chick-fil-A now, you can buy that same boneless chicken sandwich. Now, the biggest difference between um Chick-fil-A and all these other places, if you think about it, if you want to look at what they're known for, they're known for chicken sandwiches. They have never mm-hmm. made burgers, you know. And if
1: anything, they've taken a stance against burgers because oh, yeah. they're cow eat, eat more, more chicken.
0: chicken. Yeah. Yeah. Right? They were like the anti-burger. People would have said, you know the burger market is this big. Like you could also be selling meat and chicken, but they're like, no, we're going to be known for chicken. They have about 12 items on their menu. So they have a very, very limited menu and even their bestseller. So they, so over the last 56 years, they've gotten, they've grown slowly, but they've gotten very, very good at creating the chicken sandwich. And here's a side note, their chicken sandwich has very minimal ingredients. I was just watching some ad for a fast food restaurant and it was like, Um, Are they cheese sticks? Um, Mozzarella sticks. Uh There's like a mozzarella stick burger that they show you, like a mozzarella stick in there, so it's fried and like the burger and all the stuff inside. Or if you think about Carl's Jr. and always has like the sauces because it's all about their sauces. Yeah. Chick Fil A has bread, butter, chicken, and two pickles. Minimal ingredients, but they are but they have grown a business off of something simple with a small offering of twelve menu items. And they gross more money a year than those other three fast food restaurants combined.
1: I believe it because, you know, they only like their variation is that they work on like they have a spicy sandwich, but all the ingredients are the same. So it's not like, you know, burgers where it's like, ooh, there's the Western burger that has onion rings and barbecue sauce on the top or, you know, um, even a mac and cheese burger that has mac and cheese on the top. There's all these different things that people try to get crazy with. And they've just gotten better and better at selling sandwich uh chicken sandwiches and they've been okay with it. Better believe that people were probably like, I wish you would sell burgers here. Or yeah. I wish that you would sell, you know, um chicken, I don't not chicken, um, like I some sort of burger or something for kids, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Now he had small, he had, um, when True Cathy had his small um, restaurant, right? I think it was called the Dwarf Grill. They were in the Atlanta location. They had, I think, 12 of them. And this is before they ever kind of created like their main Chick-fil-A, like the true type store of Chick-fil-A as we kind of know it now. Now he did this after finally perfecting his chicken recipe, that's when he felt like he was ready to open a restaurant based purely on the sandwich. So let's think about that, okay? He worked and worked and worked and tested and tried in his restaurant because I think his restaurant probably initially didn't have, um, they served, so the original restaurant, the Dwarf House, um, including the typical Chick-fil-A menu that we know now, they also served items like ham and cheese midnight sandwich and a coconut icebox pie. Right? Oh gosh, that sounds amazing. <laughs> you, you go They're there. still. I, I oh, I coconut. Yeah. <laughs> no. So when they created that, think about that. This is sort of what we taught and teach where you're going to find your minimal viable product. They had a bunch of products. They had it in person. They showed it directly to the customer and they probably started getting the feedback of everybody is ordering the chicken sandwich. People are coming in and asking mm-hmm. for the chicken sandwich. It's on everybody's order. When they come in, at least one person eats it.
1: That's, and that's what people when, are referring as the chicken sandwich. Like, go here for the best in the world chicken, chicken sandwich. sandwich.
0: And that's when he then took that concept, after perfecting it with a minimal amount of ingredients, and opened an entire store around it at the age of
1: forty-six. Oh wow! Right, this is that's not old a, for, that's old for a man back then. This is not a sprightly <laughs> young thing in their twenties.
0: This is years and years of perfection, test and try before mm-hmm. they ever expanded into a brick and a brick and mortar like retail franchise. location oh, franchise
1: I, it, they're not a franchise I misspoke uh, a multi-location restaurant.
0: I think they do do franchises, but you don't oh, own do it. They do yeah okay. which is another thing to think about. So okay, so then let's talk about another part of this about um their values, what their business aligns with. so they they have their business closed on Sundays. They believe it's a day that they're, um, they said it's practical, it's for practical and spiritual. It's for their uh, franchise filet operators um, and their restaurant employees to have an opportunity to rest, spend time with family and friends and all that. So no matter where any of us align with their values, and this is not a political statement, this is just a, a case study on a business, is that if they were to shift and have their Sundays open, for example... People would say, hold on, now you're chasing money. Now you're doing this like when you were this way and then you shift to another way. It's something that they're keeping as very much a part of their story, a part of their brand, and they're not necessarily chasing the profits. They could up their profits significantly on a Sunday, but they're not doing that because they want to stay aligned. They're not chasing the money. They're staying aligned with what is a core value as to why their customers come to them. Now, speaking of customers, another thing that they've done, and you know this because I don't actually eat here, but I think you've gone and, and, and eaten here, is that they also really are all about, not only was it the best of the best chicken sandwich, perfecting the recipe, being known for it, because a lot of you out there might get bored and be like, but I have all these other ideas. Well, then you pick something else to be the best at. You pick something else to improve, because once you get really focused and you become known for something, how do you get the best at delivering that? the best shipping, right? The fastest shipping times, optimizing things, customer service. So what Kathy went through, I think when he did this changeover with his um, employees, it was this idea of how he felt. I think it might've been at like a four seasons hotel, like a really expensive hotel. And he wanted his customers, no matter what they were paying for food, to feel up-leveled. So what do they say to you? So if I get my food and I say, oh, thanks for my meal, what do they say?
1: Instead of saying, you're welcome, they say, my pleasure, so that is just a, a response on customer service. It's kind of like the story I like to tell about Wendy's where it's like they, the company culture is a certain way. So for example, um, at Wendy's, they have square burgers to remind the employees don't cut corners. Same with Chick-fil-A. They have verbiage, my pleasure, to remind them to... Um, that's a, it's a pleasure serving people. It's like you're serving people versus addressing them in the same sort of way like you're welcome, you
0: know? Yeah.
1: So it's up-leveled so we, um, service.
0: So if we think about that, let's go back to some of these key components. They tested a bunch of different products, figured out, got the feedback for those products, and figured out what people what they were known for and what people wanted to buy. They wanted to pull out their walls and exchange money for a chicken sandwich. With that, they then scaled and opened up brick and mortars with a limited menu, limited ingredients with certain days that they work and hours according to their values. And they up-leveled the customer service aspect, even from simply saying, My pleasure. Um, another thing that they do, which I think goes back to customer service and keeping the brand of a certain quality is that they only allow franchisees. Franchisees don't own, they don't own it, but I think they can, they get a portion of the profits and they run the store. So it's still a privately owned company. They get a franchisee and that franchisee, um, is only ever allowed to operate one store. So if you know about Subway or any of these other places, like, you know, I could be a Subway franchisee and have six, seven, Mm -hmm. eight locations. He only ever wanted them to have one store because he, you all know this, that if we spread our... Me and I have two businesses, right? The product boss is currently winning out (laughs) Mm -hmm. on the two businesses. Because when you are in business, if your focus gets spread too thin, nothing seems to work, right? Now, when he had them focus only on one Chick-fil-A location... They could be the best, the best of operating that specific location in that specific town and imp- and making sure that the quality was still there, the customer service was still there, that they kept the values and the mission of Chick-fil-A alive.
1: hmm Yeah. And, and, and you had mentioned something about the A, right? Oh, yeah. End? And
0: the A is the secret meaning the A at the end of Chick-fil-A um, was put in there for the quality. So they believed in A-type A quality, And so it's actually like a hidden um, throwback to symbolizing top quality for the restaurant. So think about that. It's fast food, but they have always been about top quality, high quality, being known for something, great customer service. And because we always tell you it's more than the product. It's everything around the product.
1: Hey, Product Bosses, you made it to January. Congratulations. And as you start to wind down and recover from the holiday season, it's so important to focus on working on your business instead of working in your business now. Right. And we say it all the time, working on your business is just as important as working in your business.
0: And one of the best ways to work on your business is to start moving things off of your plate so that you can spend more time in your
1: zone of genius. But how, right? So one of the easiest ways to move things off your plate is by using a system and using a software that helps track your marketing, your sales, your customer information, all in one place so that you don't have to worry about it and you're able to find that information in a breeze, especially when you get back into being busy and working inside your business.
0: This is legit everything I've ever needed
1: to be all in (laughs) one
0: place, okay? So we have a solution for you, which is why we're so excited to talk about HubSpot, which is an all-in-one CRM platform that helps you and even your team do the best work of your lives, right? Makes it so much easier. And that's because it's a powerfully connected system that gives you one solution. HubSpot is easy for your entire team to use so that all of you can focus on what matters most, your
1: customers. Right. Learn how HubSpot can help your business grow even better at HubSpot.com.
0: Hey, Product Boss. I'm just going to jump in real quick to interrupt this episode because we have something really special coming for you. Now, you know that Mina and I host free workshops and free challenges multiple times a year to support you as you grow your product-based business and they are totally free. Now, we want to encourage you to think bigger. We want to encourage you to join a community that is also trying to think bigger. That's going to be there to support you when things get hard and also cheer you on when you get those really big wins okay because mina and i are here to help you build a dream life beyond your wildest dreams all right so we are hosting a free workshop series it is called the product boss's guide to your best Year yet and we're sharing some of our biggest tips and tricks for you to have a breakthrough year in 2023 and the first workshop kicks off january 19th so if you want to get in for free just head to theproductboss.com best to save your spot and we're going to grow together this year. We are going to help you and encourage you to think bigger this year. You will no longer feel alone. So again, head to theproductboss.com slash best, or you can click the link in the show notes and we'll see you inside.
1: I actually had never heard that A thing. I think that's more internal than it is external. Mm-hmm. Because even the other day when I was not the other day, other month maybe, when I was trying to explain to my mother-in-law how it was pronounced, Chick-fil-A. And I was like, you know how like filet is L-E-T? Well, someone who does not speak English well is not going to understand filet is pronounced filet and the A is in its place for some random reason. And other people are pronouncing it as Chick-fil-A, you know. (laughs) I I think that sometimes it lands and sometimes it doesn't. So they just stuck with it, I think, more uh, because it fit them as a reminder culturally and um what what they wanted to build, you know? So all these examples are examples of them building their business. Now I, I wanna I want to be clear that they have their own set of values. Now, do we agree with all their values? I I don't no. but they they stick with them, right? So that's the that's the core message that I want you all to take from this is not that this is the right way to do things. This is the wrong way to do things. This is, you know, is their way because I know that they take certain stances and everything, but they did something and they kept it really simple and they became the best at it. So if you're going to take anything away from this, it's that they've stuck to their values and they've done it in a simple way where they, um, instead of overcomplicating and trying to throw spaghetti at the wall, they become the best at the world at what they wanted to do right? Make fantastic chicken sandwiches.
0: Right. So that is the idea here of what we're sharing with you. Cause so many of you get scared, right? You feel like you have to throw everything into it. What if you looked at your life? What if you looked at your business and said, what if I spent the next 50 years becoming the best at the best of making labels for baby bottles of making jewelry that is hand-stamped at, um, you know, again, I'm gonna go back to pouring candles, making soap, making tea, coffee. Now, I don't want you to get into the competitive mindset where you're like, but I can't. I can't compete with X, Y, Z. This is, we're not talking about anyone else. We're talking about you improving your systems, you improving your visual presence, you improving your marketing, you improving the customer service around your product, you improving the way that people can find you and check out. Because it's not about always it's not always about changing the product. It's testing, trying and getting a really good product that's solid and then it's about what you do with it. Because if you keep switching, adding, changing, going to the craft store buying more stuff on a whim because you're inspired about something, um if you do everything, nothing is going to do well. If you're known for everything, then you're going to be known for nothing. Mm-hmm. Right? So you need to get really clear on what you want to what you want to pave the way for because it is possible for you. You might also be thinking it's not possible. It is possible for you. It's just time to start thinking in a different way. So let's give the example of IHOP.
1: So getting to pancakes yeah. and burgers. So this is a cautionary tale. Now we're going to switch, switch the, <laughs> switch the kind of the the so you can see the other side. Switch the point a little bit. You know we're going to flip it on the other side. So the cautionary tale of IHOP, because we, from um, Chick-fil-A, we want you to know that you get to be the best of what you want to be. And you keep it simple, right? You keep it simple, seller. So what happened with IHOP... And What does IHOP just, stand for? So International House of Pancakes. And so it's always stood for that since we were decades, kids. right? Decades of them being IHOP. Now... They decided one day that they were going to rebrand, I don't know what it was, and this was only just since 2018, that they thought, ooh, you know what we should be? This is a great idea. People keep asking for burgers. So they decided to be IHOP, I-H-O-P, they flipped the P International into House a of Burgers. International House of Burgers. Now, what did they do in this case? They threw everything out the window. They threw everything out the window instead of that they had established this business making pancakes, a loyal fan base of making the best pancakes. Instead of going into let's make the best pancakes, the best breakfast, you know, all that stuff. They were like, ooh, let's go into trying to make now the best burgers. And people were not pleased, let's just say, okay, so they they started uh, they started with a release of this big news on Twitter, and we all know that Twitter is um, you know everybody has their has their commentary on it. So um, so everything the, they did
0: was so confusing. It was it was so confusing. I don't know who came in, but um, but they, they changed it to IHOB, right? And then right. they started naming their new items, their new menu items that were burgers. They actually gave them, they they actually had a pancake sandwich as well. Like, so a pancake between two meat patties. But they gave the burgers pancake names. For example, the garlic butter pancake, the loaded Philly pancake, right? This is so, a confused customer never buys. And I am so confused. Am I getting pancakes or burgers? What is happening? Is it a savory pancake? Like, what's happening?
1: Yeah. And then the menu, when you went in there was burgers instead of pancakes. So you were coming for a certain expectation that they were known for and getting something else. So people that were loyal felt like there was um, a disloyalty, a betrayal of sorts, Well, right? then
0: all of a sudden it throws your life up in the air and you go, who am I? <laughs> because when I was little, we called it the blue roof because they all had blue roofs.
1: Mm. and it I was didn't still- have it when I was little. Okay. Uh-huh.
0: They still called it International House of Pancakes. It wasn't IHOP okay. yet. My grandma would take us. As little kids, we'd get the funny face pancake. Mm. That was like, because that still to this day, they have that. There were not kids menus everywhere, right? Uh, There was like McDonald's and stuff, but you go to this pancake place and there was specifically a pancake for a kid with like a happy face on it. And then my grandma would always get the German pancakes, which were like crepes that were like butter and lemon and whatever. I still to this day when I find a restaurant that's like, um, that sells this kind of version, I make it. Now the quality has shifted, you know, since the 80s to now. Like things have changed, and it probably they didn't. They went a little bit more fast food. So they probably didn't keep customers.
1: Well, and when I got older, um, we did have IHOP, and the thing I really loved about it, and the reason why I went back was for their pumpkin pancakes. So mm-hmm. again, pancakes, right? right? And they didn't they didn't um, serve it with syrup. They served it with whipped cream, and so it was like, ooh, I I loved those. Pumpkin pancakes. I still they had the best in the world of pumpkin pancakes in my mind. Now I wasn't going there for burgers. So when they were like on Twitter announcing this new thing, and you know we're now iHub Guess what the P, what the B stands for, and guess what the P stands for. They just made it look like a P flipped upside down, right? So people were enraged. They were saying, "Is it publicity stunt? Is it?" permanently closed is <laughs> it you know twitter can be unkind right because i actually and, didn't know this and you're like yeah when
0: I hop, changed it to ihop and i was like they've never there's a ihop at the end of my street and um and you're like no no and i was like no i swear to god i saw a piece so this was something that happened that i was never on twitter nor was i a raving fan but when you mentioned it to me i was 100 percent so yeah, confused yeah 100 confused
1: yeah so this was not that long ago either, and people still refer to it as like, you know, it's probably like their dumpster fire of them trying something new, throwing spaghetti at the wall. They didn't read the data of the fact that they've really established a reputation of pancakes. And they yeah. decided to go something completely new. So flip side of that is Chick-fil-A decided to be the best, and they are like, we're okay with being the best chicken sandwich, even though people are asking us for burgers. IHOP, on the other hand, was like, Instead of being like we're we're okay with people be, be with being the best at pancakes, even though people are buy, uh, asking for burgers. Instead, they were like, you know what, people are a few people are asking for burgers. Let's change it to IHOB instead.
0: Yeah, or maybe they were over it. Maybe they were like, yeah, maybe like ah, we're done with the pancakes business. It doesn't have as high as like a return on it. I can make more money selling meat versus you know
1: pancakes.
0: Um,
1: <laughs> selling meat versus pancakes. and then well, imagine the the process of this too. right yeah. Pancakes are ingredient wise. like you said, the the patty is right the meat patty, the seasonings, the lettuce, the tomato, and all the different things like you had mentioned some of their names. Um, and then the uh, pancakes pancakes are just flour eggs and milk and then pumpkin puree, I'm guessing. You know, so instead of like simplifying and streamlining, they really went completely different processes in a, in a probably a more complicated supply chain even, you so know.
0: Darren Rebelez, who was the president of IHOP at the time, sat down for an interview with like CNN Money and said, we knew if we were going to really get into the burger business in a meaningful <laughs> way, yes. that we were going to have to do something bold and creative. Here's the deal. Why were they getting into the burger business? Yeah. That was the mistake number one. So many of us see the trends out there in the world. We Like, trends will come and go. Like, um, social media, our friend Katie White says, social media is the fast fashion of the social world, right? Like, Uh there's always going to be fast fashion, fast trends, fast whatever. You might have a product that's super, that's specifically a trended item and it, like My cuffs Couture was in and then out and I opened and closed. But most of you have businesses that you could build legacy around. You could build for 50, 60 years like Chick-fil-A and keep doing really well, right? Yeah. So,
1: and you know, I bet, you know how you mentioned the funny faces? My kids used to love those too. Like yeah. they could establish that, right? Like they're, you know, the funny faces. Like it's a bigger like, kids menu or something. Yeah. It's not like Perkins is known for that. You know, yeah. that's the other place that's around here, and I'm guessing by you, there's like Waffle House again. No, waffle House, not Pancake yes. House. Yeah, you know, and you go for so, waffles. Actually, there is like a
0: small waffle um uh, restaurant here. So, uh-huh. where we're going with this? our enragement. You hear us like how (laughs) mad we are on this podcast years later when we know that it's failed. Um, Versus where, you know, they kind of steered wrong was that they saw a trend and they saw burgers. They probably saw people purchasing burgers. Now we are talking about it. So they broke the internet with this like announcement because it said the name change was number two trending topic globally on Twitter, just behind the North
1: Korea summit.
0: But probably not in a good way. No. So didn't you read some of the... Or don't I don't did.
1: the- I, I didn't want to some of them were like the peace stands for pathetic and I was like this isn't that you know these people are mean <laughs> they are people on the internet are really mean
0: but yes. but the thing is is that what we're saying is that they turned their back on pancakes the they eventually said they didn't turn their back on pancakes but they the flip-flop they flapjack, jack right they yeah, <laughs> try, yeah. trying they the the for me as a customer, I recently went there because, like I said, they're at the end of our street. And I was like, oh, I want to bring my kids to try the funny face pancakes. So it was nostalgic uh-huh. for me. It was okay. I'll, I'll tell you this. I don't know if I've done this on the podcast. We got two funny face p- pancakes. The kids both got oh, the Oh, om-
1: is it the omelets?
0: My husband and I both got omelets and uh-huh. two coffees and a side of fruit. It was $120. <laughs> <You> <laughs> I
1: know. think it was like
0: $18 omelets at IHOP. I'm so not maybe even they're sure the real to eggs. Just,
1: yeah, justify the. Uh, price increase. So here's the thing that I really love that Chick-fil-A d- did, is that they were repositioning them themselves. They saw something they did really simply, and they repositioned themselves to be the best in the market, right? They got the feedback, repositioned themselves to be the best. But also- because that's how they're standing out. You they know? wrapped
0: it in a bow. They had the yeah. best quality product for the price right. point, and then they had good, excellent customer service, Right. They made sure franchisees kept the customer service up. They kept yeah. their quality up. They cooked in a different way. So, not only is it about the chicken sandwich, but it's about the experience for the consumer when they are interacting with that business.
1: Yeah. So, they like, in my mind, they took the feedback and they repositioned themselves to improve themselves. Now, what IHOP did, IHOP, whatever you want to call it, it's back at IHOP, is that they overhauled. They completely, instead of thinking about how can we reposition or make ourselves better, you know, in the marketplace to really stand out and be like a leader in it, let's overhaul everything, including our audience, which was their biggest problem. They wanted to get into the burger market, which is highly competitive. So it's not simplifying anything. They want they had to do it by throwing out their complete audience, you know, and getting new people to see them as like the burger.
0: And if you think about the timing, because they're 24, they're open 24 hours for breakfast, right? But if you think about the timing, someone might have gone there at midnight for pancakes. Yeah, absolutely. But are we going in the morning for burgers, right? So Mm -hmm. it really, it flipped the whole concept upside down. And when you especially have established a brand over decades, people that have nostalgia to it, and then you flip it. Here's the other side for me. The nostalgia point, it's so close. It's the closest I live in LA and it's the closest restaurant to me. I could be there literally every day for every meal. My issue with it was the value to the quality of the product and how long I sat there not being served by a server. I'm not disparaging IHOP. I'm saying that if they could improve the customer's um, at least at this location particularly, like if yeah. they could improve the customer, the, like they they overhauled the customer service part of it. They started t- teaching people how to treat like trender, trendier millennials who are going to brunch. If they made mm-hmm. it feel more like, oh, we could go to IHOP for brunch, the t- avocado toast, for example, things that are breakfast products mm-hmm. that people love everywhere, then maybe they would have attracted this clientele with the a perceived value. Yeah. yeah.
1: So per- they up the like perceived value. Like what Jacqueline's saying is like, could they have just improved the overall experience? Because I don't get that experience in this IHOP. Like they're super nice in there. You know, they're more like small time town feel for sure. Right. Um, but perceived value wise, I would, you know, if I had to pay 120 bucks, I probably would not. But if it was like, you know, pumpkin pecan pancakes and I was able to order you know, things that were more elevated and maybe I could justify it, right? But the experience has to be there to back it up along with the customer service. And because here, like, they definitely, you know, they're they're definitely busy for sure. Um, But I think that, you know, people are going there, like, uh, even... Even on Sundays, for example, I never go to the breakfast places because I know they're going to be super busy because people get out of church and they go there and it gets really, really busy, right? And um, so for example, it's like, oh, they're going there. It's just like what you said in a certain time period. And it's like, oh, they've put that, they associate that with, oh, let's go there and be a family and order these nostalgic pancakes and, you know, feel like we're taken care of. So mm-hmm. I think that there's nobody even that's going to be like, hey, let's go get some burgers. <laughs> like the, They didn't make the jump for their customers is what, what I'm trying to say.
0: Yeah, and I'm just looking at this one article that was talking about them and just weeks after they changed their name, they flipped the B back to P and they <laughs> they tweeted, we'd never turn our back on pancakes except for that time we faked it to promote our new burgers. So here's the other issue though. They say that no press is bad press. It's true, right? IHOP was uh-huh. the number two trending conversation. People were thinking about IHOP. Where the issue came up, though, was that people thought about IHOP from a perspective of coffee, like regular, like diner type coffee, which is yeah. usually delicious, crispy hash browns and pancakes, and 24 hour breakfast.
1: Mm. So, what, it, yes, to all of those. I definitely associate all those things to them.
0: Right. So, what happened is it was actually backlash. Mm. So if if Chick-fil-A, now there's things that we wish that Chick-fil-A might you know change, but let's say if Chick-fil-A changed Sundays and they said, we're now open on Sundays, people would have backlash because they'd sure. be like, oh, now you're chasing profit. What happened uh-huh. to your, you know, your whatever beliefs about Sundays and blah, 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 blah. Uh-huh. They established such a strong community around the value of it. Now, yeah. the same thing happened for for IHOP. They had created decades and decades of people knowing them for everything I just said. And now they're trying to do kind of like a stunt.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And people can, people are and people savvy. were
1: left with a bad taste in their mouth, pun intended.
0: <laughs> Even though the German pancakes are still
1: delicious and I might have to go there for lunch. <laughs> no, I, we're not supposed to get more hungry from this episode.
0: <laughs> I literally may walk down there.
1: I know. So... The pumpkin pancakes. I was like, mm, that sounds so good right now.
0: <laughs> so so what we want you to take from this and the understanding is simplicity scales, right? What can you be known for? Mm-hmm. Can you have less offerings? Because actually, if we think about IHOP, they have a gazillion offerings. Yeah. But I'll bet you they still sell their traditional pancakes yeah, you know, I'm sure that there's still the funny face is probably the number one item ordered for kind of like still.
1: villager Inn. I know if you have that over mm-hmm. there, but they they are known for their pies. So yeah. like, you know, them people go in there for a slice of pie and coffee, you know? Mm-hmm. Here like they could really improve around, you know, people go in there for the pancakes. How could they elevate the experience to charge more for it, yeah. you know?
0: And 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 it's actually like the origination of the um uh Chick-fil-A where they had a, a whole kind of menu and then they identified a key product and then they scaled with that. Now, IHOP has gone through decades and different flips and flops, right? They were the Blue Roof when I was little. They were International House of Pancakes. Then you found out about them more IHOPs. They were a little oh, bit more Oh, they were trained. actually
1: called the Blue Roof?
0: Uh, no, they were International House of
1: Pancakes, but all oh of I was them had Blue Roof. Yeah, they still do. Yeah, That's what uh, we would I, call them. Uh-huh. And
0: then they were... um Then they changed it to IHOP, right? I feel like that was like competing with Denny's, like kind of a trendier... They were trying to up-level the experience from like the... I don't know how to describe it. Like country feel of like a Uh pancake house. Uh Um, And then they went burgers and then, you know, and it's like... And all of us still think about them as pancakes. So, you know, if IHOP wants to hire us, we've got some marketing (laughs) ideas. (laughs) But... And it could also be that they could have less items on their menu and like scale the heck out of pancakes.
1: Yeah, for sure. At every age range. You know, yeah. they hook the kids, they hook the grandparents, they hook the family members, they make it a gathering place, they hook the millennials, whatever it is, you know? Yeah,
0: yeah. So with these stories of two types of big restaurant-type businesses and thinking about the ones that are are successful and that are taking a huge margin of a category, like um, revenue from a certain category in the world. Now, but I do also want you all to remember there's room at the top for all of us. You know, none of us are going to be like, oh, I turned down owning Subway or McDonald's because this other business has like, you know, a huge profit share of mm-hmm. the of the category. We, there is enough money in the world for each of us to exist in our business and live the life we hope to live, right? Um, so there's enough, there's room at the top for all of us. But what we want you to know is the successful ones and what we're going to teach you within these workshops. And the challenge, which you can sign up for at theproductboss.com slash best, is going to be how to figure out what you can be known for and how to simply scale from there to start making more money on less stuff, less products, less everything, versus spending all your money on all the things and feeling scattered and not growing.
1: Mm -hmm. And feeling misaligned because you strayed from what you wanted and what market you created versus you know going with the wind. Yes,
0: so we can't wait to see you all in the free workshops, the Product Bosses Guide to Your Best Year Yet and the Best Seller Secrets Challenge. All the links are available in the show notes and we'll see you in there my friends and help build the businesses that will blow your minds and create a business beyond your wildest dreams. Thanks everybody.